Welcome to the Unapologetically Fueled podcast, where we talk nutrition, identity, performance, and the psychology behind it all. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. I'm so excited about my guest today. I have Stella. Um, you, I will actually, you know, I'll let you introduce yourself because I, she's awesome, but introduce yourself. Hi everybody. My name is Stella. You might know me as Veg Stella on Instagram. Um, yeah, I'm a runner. I go to Elon University. I study filmmaking. I want to be a screenwriter one day. So little fun fact. Um, I like running a lot. I love like thrifting. I'm really passionate about like sustainability as well. I'm vegan. Um, Yeah, that's me. That is awesome. A filmmaker. Oh my goodness. You're like real content and stuff. It's just going to keep on getting like better and better and better. Oh, I know. Once I get myself out of, once I get the motivation to use like actual things instead of iMovie on my phone for the real, y'all aren't going to know what hit you. (laughs) Literally. Oh, that's awesome. Well, cool. Um, so you mentioned you're a runner. What is your running story? How did you get into that? Kind of like your athletic background. Well, so I grew up figure skating and I was pretty serious about that, especially in elementary school. I lived in Connecticut, which is like a big, there's a lot of figure skating there because it's cold. Um, but then for middle school, I moved to North Carolina and obviously there's a lot less of that going on here. So I kept it up for a few years, but by the end of middle school, I pretty much stopped entirely. I no longer took lessons or anything. Um, And I had just been falling behind. I knew I wasn't going to be like a super like strong competitor or anything. So it just didn't make sense to me. Um, In high school, I started playing field hockey and lacrosse just on my school's teams. I was never very good. I was always like the slowest runner and I'm really not aggressive. So like I couldn't really put my all into those because I was not willing to like get injured to score a goal. And then I also swam from seventh to ninth grade. But again, I was like one of the worst ones there. And I really just didn't like it. Like it just wasn't a good vibe. Um, I was also like 4'11 and like had no muscle on my body. So I just like, there was nothing going on. Um, But then I came to college in 2020, of course. And shockingly, like quarantine did not get me into like running or exercise or anything. Like I kind of just like sat around, mm-hmm. you know, scrolled on TikTok and made the, um, what's it called? Whipped coffee, like the rest of us. <laughs> um, but then my spring semester of my freshman year. So I went into college in 2020. So I was like the COVID class. Mm-hmm. Um, my spring semester, my freshman year, I just got so bored. I needed something to do. I also was living with a roommate for the first time ever and I'm an introvert. So I love alone time and I had no alone time because I had a roommate in the room all the time with me. So I needed some time to just go out and like be alone with my little thoughts. I also had a lot of trouble sleeping. So I needed to like do something to tire myself out. So I decided to train for a non-existent half marathon. Um, Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why I shot for that distance. I should have gone 5k like because that'd be like I couldn't even run a mile like who do I think I was it's okay that was my first race that I trained for too so it's just like something I don't know the half marathon it's like why not full send I feel like it feels more realistic than a real marathon but like a 5k I felt like oh I can accomplish that in like three weeks like then what (laughs) um but anyways I did end up being able to finish the distance it took me like two and a half hours I was like it was like 12 minute miles but it took, I think like 10 or 
11 weeks after I started running, I did it. So, um, was it a good training method? No. Was I fast? No. Did I get immediately injured after? Yes. No. But you know, it happens. Um, so then I spent the entirety of my summer after my freshman year with a stress fracture in my left thigh. So that was a lot of fun. And I started swimming again. Um, it was fine. I'm not like huge into swimming, but I did it. I can, I can swim. So may as well. Um, then sophomore year, I started running again. Um, and I ran my first like actual half marathon the spring of my sophomore year, which is this past spring in March. And that was so much fun. It was like one of the best days of my life, honestly. Oh, how'd it go? Was it, did you like PR from your first time? Um, yes. By like almost an hour. Like I, my first time I was running like a 12 something mile and then my like actual half marathon I raced I, my average mile time was like 818 or something like Gosh. I don't know I think it's because I actually started like lifting weights mm-hmm. and you know knowing what to do with myself I had an actual plan that I didn't just get from google images so and like it actually worked out better um then I ran all summer I just got injured actually two months ago I got a pretty tough quad strain so I took like five weeks off and I'm just getting back into running now mm-hmm. um but since then like I joined the club swim team at my school because I needed something to do so that's been really fun because that's a really fun group of people and without injury I wouldn't have like done that so I don't know it's been a journey but I'm getting back into running now and I am hopefully racing another half soon so that's so exciting. That is such a cool journey that you have. It's like, definitely, it's so interesting to hear how everyone gets into running because like, I feel like so many people, they come from like good, like soccer um, or some other aerobic sport, but like you and I both like you're, you come from figure, figure skating. I came from gymnastics. Like we came from a completely different like sport where the focus was more on muscle and power and technique and aesthetics. Whereas like, and that can be harder transitioning into running. So like I think it's really cool to like meet other people who came from the aesthetic based sports and performance based sports like that, because you have to completely retrain your body, like in a completely different system. So, and yeah, the injury thing is so real, especially like you find out when you start running, you push yourself too hard because like we did in aesthetic sports, you get injured. Um, and you can't push yourself in the same way as you did when you were like a figure skating or a gymnast or dancer or whatever it is, um, at the same, like I guess the same like rate of progress, if that makes sense. So yeah, yes. And also I do want to say there is no such thing as a slower, fast runner because theoretically there will always be, always be somebody slower, always be somebody faster. So we are just runners running our own little paces, having our good old. So (laughs) true. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's so cool. Um, so yeah, you've dealt with quite a few injuries then that stinks. Yeah. So how do you think like growing up in an aesthetic sport influenced your running at all did it have any influence I mean it gave me a pretty good like cardio background especially because my particular figure skating club had like a speed skating workout once a week that we would all pretty much just like race around the rink for like a half hour or something (laughs) and that was like a pretty good like I would equate that to doing like a tempo workout or something for running so that gave me a pretty good cardio background But then I really fell off for like four years. I think that if I had gone right from figure skating into running, it would have been more beneficial. But like I lost pretty much every amount of fitness that I had um, after middle school coming into college. 
Mm-hmm. Like when I started running, like there was just nothing there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's hard for sure. Um, yeah, I agree. Taking time off after sports can definitely impact that. Um, yeah, I just resonate so much with you and so much with your background because I did have to take a few years off too after my personal aesthetic gymnastics journey. And coming back, I was like, I am not a cardio person like you. I couldn't even like run a half mile. And I was like, I want to do a half marathon. So yeah. Awesome. Um, do you think like growing up in an aesthetic sport, um, figure skating affected your body image now or at all? And like, as a runner, do you feel like your body image has changed or anything? Well, when I was growing up figure skating, I actually was kind of like, I guess, blessed with like the figure skaters body, or maybe I grew into it because I started when I was like five. So I was just really accustomed to doing that. Like I was really, I was super short. I was like, I had no, I mean, I I guess I had like some like leg muscle, but Mm -hmm. like generally I was like very, very like lean. I'm like two thirds legs when I stand up. <laughs> so like, especially cause skates have like the heel and then also the blade. Like I would watch videos of myself skating and I'd be like, oh, why is like, I looked like the, um, what is it like Jack Skellington? Yeah, like yeah. this much leg and this much body. Like it was just, but I mean, it did good things for me cause I was able to go pretty fast cause I had such long legs. Mm-hmm. So I never like thought about my body image when I was skating. I just always was a thing that I had and like I didn't really equate it with like my body versus how I performed in my sport which I know is super lucky and a lot of people that were like take competing at a more serious level than me and had coaches that were more pressuring definitely did um see that but I was lucky that my coach never put that kind of pressure on me um but I will say after I quit figure skating I started to get so much more concerned with my body image because I had gone from doing so much cardio all the time to like literally just sitting around and I had never really like thought about like what I was eating and what my body looked like and etc. And then I quit figure skating and like immediately I went into puberty. I grew six inches. I gained like 50 pounds. I just like everything completely changed. And like that messed with me a little bit because I was so used to like my way that I had appeared for so long because I hadn't really grown that much and I always just kind of looked the same. Um, So I never like let it impact my relationship with food and I never really talked about it. But like my appearance um, was definitely a big insecurity of mine in high school Mm -hmm. and like I was always wondering if like people had noticed a difference in me which like I don't think anyone looks at me like everyone was way too concerned with themselves but now that I like have performance goals I think that my body image has changed a lot because like now I go out and I like accomplish a lot and like I can not only PR with running but like I'll PR with like a new like weight like to deadlift or something and I'm just so proud of what I can do that I honestly don't really care what it looks like because I can do so much. And I actually heard this on a podcast a couple of weeks ago, and it's literally been like running on a loop in my mind ever since. But um, it was like people like think about a runner's body so much and what it looks like, but that's just like their genetics, right? And then you think about there are people that look just like that, that aren't runners, but it's just their genetic body type. 
and they can't even run like half a mile. Like looking like that has absolutely nothing to do with your performance. Even, and like, I feel like you hear about it so much that like, if you're big, you can still run, but like, there are small people who can't run. Like it really has nothing to do with it. And like, assuming that everyone that's like lean and tall is like in really good physical shape. is just a big oversight. Yes. That is so good. Like, did everybody hear that? Like, please <laughs> take that in. Like a lot of people who are very, who have the quote unquote marathon or body are not great. Like they can't run. They can barely run a mile. Um, one, like marathoners, they only comprise like 1% of the population and marathon runners come to like the front of the finish line in all shapes and sizes. Like your body has nothing to do with your performance. I love that distinction you made between, you know, like, oh, I had a bad body image after I like quit sports and then realizing like, wait, performance is awesome. Like I hit this new PR, like it doesn't matter what my body looks like if it can do stuff that makes me feel strong and like good. So I just, I love that. Focusing on performance is definitely something that can really help body image. Um, yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Big so game changer for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, did you ever, when you did struggle with body image after quitting sports, did you ever struggle with any sort of like under fueling or anything, or when you started running, did you ever experience under fueling or have you just kind of always been good with it? Um, never like intentionally, mm-hmm. but definitely. Cause I first started running when I was in college in the whole, like, oh, I'm skipping breakfast. Like vibe of college is like very very strong um and like when I was just sitting around all day and I was like in virtual classes and I would just like hardly do anything Mm -hmm. like and I was sleeping until like 11 a.m like my first semester so like I could get away with that Mm -hmm. but then I started running and also eating is so social in college that like and a lot of my friends didn't want to go and eat four full meals a day in the dining hall, you know? Yeah. So I really had to like get over the hump of like, I'm just going to go, I'm going to go and I'm going to get myself a little bagel or some hummus and I'm going to sit in the dining hall, like by myself, I'll put in a podcast and I'm going to eat it because mm-hmm. I don't care if like they're hungry, but I am. Mm-hmm. And that did take some time for me to learn. And I definitely think that my like figuring it out took me quite a few months and I, it probably is what resulted, like led to my stress fracture mm-hmm. um, because my first semester of running, I just wasn't really knowledgeable about how much more I needed to be eating. Mm-hmm. But like when I came back after my stress fracture, I had done a lot of research on why stress fractures happen. Um, and it was like pretty easy to put two and two together. Mm-hmm. So I started like, I started sleeping more and I started being like really mindful about eating like three plus meals a day and like snacks and eating whatever I was hungry no matter what Mm -hmm. and like at the end of the day I want to run fast and I can't do that if I have no energy and I definitely can't do that if I'm injured so Mm -hmm. absolutely no that's so good there's such a big culture in college that's like oh I don't eat breakfast or I'm not gonna eat this or whatever I just eat snacks throughout the day it's like that is not healthy. And that's like how people develop eating disorders. And it can be so hard, especially as an athlete to go against what other people are doing. Um, and like what the quote unquote, like college culture does. Um, and it's just like, yeah, it's really hard, but, um, I'm glad that you were able to kind of like 
keep up with nutrition, like figure it out kind of, and like realize like, oh no, when I start running, like I do need more food, like a lot more food. So yeah. Yeah. And like, definitely a big help was like, I started to get a lot more like running stuff in my for you page. And like, I've had this Instagram account since like way before I started running, but a lot of the people I followed did happen to be athletes. So like they, what they were posting was very helpful just to like show me what I needed. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. So were you vegan at this point? When did you uh, become vegan? Okay, so I went vegan. It was actually my New Year's resolution for my 17th birthday. I created a New Year's resolution for New Year's, birthdays, and new school years. Uh-huh. I just, you know, I like, yeah. I love a good New Year. I love um, <laughs> so like May 2019, I went vegan. Mm-hmm. I didn't run until February 2021. So there was a pretty good... Um, like year and a half where I was just vegan and existing Mm -hmm. and I went vegan like entirely ethically um I was I watched a lot of documentaries and saw a lot of like good like books and blog posts and like I was like well I believe in the liberation of everyone human and non-human so why am I not like eating in a way that reflects that Mm -hmm. um so like it was pretty easy for me to make the switch because I had such a strong foundation of why. Yeah. And I also grew up in like a pretty vegetarian, mm-hmm. not quite granola, but like we did listen to NPR and like eat chocolate chips for dessert, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so like it was like a, a kind of like a hippie household, you know? So granola. What? Quasi granola kind of like. Yeah, yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like so I didn't grow up eating much meat because neither of my parents cooked it. Like we only ate meat when we were like grilling out. Mm-hmm. I probably eat like a couple hot dogs a year. Yeah. And then when we were like eating out, you know, mm-hmm. it's very, but so I was pretty like used to it. I had an interest in cooking and baking already. Um, so like that wasn't hard for me to start cooking my own food. And my mom was really into like cooking vegan stuff and trying new recipes. So it was like a pretty smooth transition. We had a f- like food unit in my AP environmental science class. And I think that really sealed the deal. And then I also watched this speech on YouTube by Gary Yarofsky, who I think is like really problematic now. Um, but like back in 2019, before his problematic era, the speech was good. Oh, good. <laughs> so, you know, if you want to go watch a speech. Yeah. I don't know if you want to support him, but it was a very, very compelling speech, I will say. Mm-hmm. And it was about like the ethics of like animal slaughter and stuff. I don't know. It was really good. Interesting. Um, and I actually figured like I was worried a little bit because I'd seen so many things like people go vegan just to like restrict their food. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't think this is me. Yeah. And I knew it wasn't me because I had a nightmare like three months in about because I bought a pair of Doc Martens that uh-huh. After I went vegan, I bought a pair of leather Doc Martens because they were like on sale. And I was like, oh, I really want these shoes. And then I had a nightmare about the cows being skinned to make them. And I was like, okay, I know I'm vegan for the right reasons. Then you know, then you know, like, oh yeah. I haven't bought anything like that since. Oh, 100%. It's like, you know, psychology research. I always put like random like psychology plugs in this podcast, but shows that dreams are uh, manifestations of true unconscious like fears and desires. So you obviously are doing this for the right ethical reasons. Oh yeah. I don't, (laughs) one could say my deepest regret is buying that pair of shoes, but I still do wear them like five days a week. So I would say I definitely like, um, I got my use out of them. Yeah, for sure. Like I'll be putting those on tonight. Don't even worry about it. 
100%. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Um, Okay, well, cool. Um, So yeah, so then it sounds like your inspiration was mostly about, you know, like ethical stuff. Um, What were some of the challenges that you faced when you first started your journey as a vegan? Like, was it hard to figure out like what I need to eat? Like, how do I eat? Like, what can I get when I go out? Honestly, the biggest challenge I think was that people like didn't take me seriously. Cause you know, a lot of adults are like really into like keto and then like the next day they're high carb, low fat. And then the next day they're paleo and like the yo-yo dieting. So I think a lot of like adults, especially thought that like, that's the wave I was on. So I was always expected to like make exceptions if it was like a homemade baked good or like a special occasion or someone like bought a birthday cake into school. And when I didn't make these exceptions, people thought that I was like personally trying to offend them. Oh my gosh. Um, Because they're like, you won't break your diet for this. I'm like, it's not a diet. It's a lifestyle. (laughs) But that was like, honestly, I mean, now, like I've been vegan for three and a half years. So like, I think people know it's like not just a little phase, but um, yeah. And then I also, I didn't eat much protein, TBH. I mean- I was eating probably enough because I was not like active Mm -hmm. as long as you like eat enough food in general you should be getting your like protein needs but I didn't really like seek out protein that much Mm -hmm. I was I've always just been a big carb girl so like I was eating a lot of bagels (laughs) yeah I feel yeah that's awesome no that's definitely a common like um challenge that I feel like a lot of vegans face is figuring out a good protein source I know Um, I feel like if I actually put effort into it, like it would have been like super easy and like now it is, but like, I just really didn't feel the need. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you didn't, if it worked for you, it worked for you. Like your body was like, yeah, I'm craving carbs and that's what it was craving and it worked. So yeah. Yeah, I was. Yeah. What are your like favorite sources of protein now, now that you're more active and like you need more protein? Well, I'm a huge tofu girl. I, I know that's like so vegan of me um but like I eat tofu at least once a day um if anyone's wondering my favorite tofu is the Trader Joe's high protein super firm tofu because you don't have to press it like you can just rip it out of the package and start eating really highly recommend it's like so dense like if you want to do like meat substitute like it really works so highly recommend that tofu um so I love that I also love beans um Before my username was Vegstella on TikTok, it was Bean Burrito Lover. Um, love it. I love like Mexican food. And one of my like staple meals when I first went vegan was I went to Moe's, like the chain Mexican restaurant. And I would get a burrito and I would get double black beans and double pinto beans. So like I was eating so many beans, like it, I might have like overdosed, but it was so like, yeah. I love beans. I also, I mean, I do put like protein powder in my oatmeal and my smoothies. Mm-hmm. I eat protein bars. I'm like an affiliate with Misfits. So I'm literally like drowning in protein bars. I have them like all over the place. They keep just sending them to me. So I like, give them to my friends and stuff, but still like there is no like absence of protein in my pantry right now. Um, Yeah. I like tempeh, but I don't like eat it that much. I love like vegan chicken nuggets. I know those aren't like, like a, like a specific like vegan protein source, like you can buy in like a can or in bulk, but like 
some Morningstar nuggets. Those are good. So good. No, that all sounds so good. People are, a lot of people just think that like vegan proteins are just like beans and that's it. Like, yes, beans are a great source, but there's also so many other things like protein bars, protein powders, chicken nuggets that taste like chicken nuggets, but they're not chicken. So no, literally. And like the Beyond Burgers, I don't really vibe with a Beyond Burger because I eat one and then I taste it for the rest of the day. Yes. Like they really do stick, but like they're real tasting. If you want a beef burger, I've got one for you. 100%. The Beyond Burgers are so good. Like that meat is like, it's surreal. Like it's scary to me that like it can actually taste that real. I know. And like the Beyond Sausage and Chicken Tenders, like everything from that brand and Impossible. Like they're so real tasting. Even like my dad claims to like hate fake meat and like he hates like vegan alternatives. And he, I like peer pressured him into giving up red meat at one point and we ate um, Beyond Burgers mm-hmm. and he's like totally into it. So, Gosh. and like they served him in the cafeteria at my college last year and like a lot of my friends ate them. So I don't know. It's like people think that you're talking about like a black bean, like some patty that has like real vegetables in it like no no no. Mm-mm. this is legit yeah that's so funny my dad too a dad's in their meats man I just like they love their meat and one time ah. I was like dad like well I can't have red meat I have an allergy to it like when I eat it I get extremely like violently ill um yeah originally bad because I struggle with low iron but you know we're, we're <laughs> um, yeah yeah so I like um so I was like, dad, can we make Beyond Burger tonight over the summer? And he's like, Sabrina, that's fake meat. Like, no, that's gross. And I was like, come on, dad. Like, I promise you, like, if you don't like it, like, I'll do whatever. And he tried, he's like, okay, that's actually good. And I'm like, yeah, you admitted it. So I know if, if a dad likes it, that's yeah. when you know it's good fake meat. Exactly. Because dads know their meats. They know. Yeah. One thing about a dad, he knows his meat. <laughs> he knows it's like meat. Arby's. Yeah. I was just going to say it's like Arby's. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. <clears throat> so how do you, I guess, like now that you're running, you mentioned how you get in like protein and stuff, but how do you make sure to properly fuel as a plant-based athlete um, with higher energy needs and like, you know, getting an iron because yeah, it's definitely hard. Well, as I said before, I am a major carb girl. It's like yeah. my favorite food group. There were a couple months where I would eat a bagel for breakfast and a bagel for lunch every single day. Yum. Like I've eaten a whole baguette in a sitting. I've eaten a dozen Olive Garden breadsticks in a sitting. Like I've never struggled with like getting in enough carbs, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I got blood work done like last year because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't low in iron or B12 or vitamin D or anything that like people assume all vegans are deficient in. And I actually wasn't, which was really exciting. Amazing. Like I had good levels for everything. And I take a B12 supplement, but I don't supplement anything else. I'm not opposed to it. I just, you know, haven't made that investment in my life. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I started eating more protein. I bought my first like protein powder like a year ago. So it took me a while to be able to tolerate the taste of it, but now I actually like it. Which um, I actually, I tracked my protein for a day, like a few weeks ago, uh-huh. just because I was like, I'm curious, like, am I getting enough? Because I feel fine, but you never know. Yeah. Um, and like, I ate a lot of protein. I ate like hundred grams of protein. Oh, that's fantastic. Which like, I don't know, like nutritional yeast, so much protein. And like, I'll load that up on anything like popcorn, delicious pasta, anything. Um, but I mean, I do try and include like an actual protein source or like at least two meals a day, 
like tofu or beans or lentils or something like that. Mm -hmm. I also like there's some things that I buy that are like specific. Like I get like the high protein Kite Hill vegan yogurt, which has like 17 grams of protein in a sitting or sitting serving. So like yeah. that's pretty good. And then like the Barilla protein pasta. It's like it's not just like chickpea pasta. So it actually holds its shape and tastes good, but it also has like 12 grams of protein in a serving. And obviously I eat like two and a half servings. So like it does pretty good. Um, and then like a lot of people think it's hard to hit just like straight up calorie goals when you're vegan. Mm -hmm. but that's really only if you're like a high carb, low fat, raw till four kind of vegan. Yeah. Uh-huh. So like, yeah, if you're just eating lettuce, like it's kind of hard. But if you use oil to cook everything, mm -hmm. and you eat your nuts and seeds and you like actually eat your dessert, mm -hmm. like it's really easy to like pretty much hit every group that you need to. Yeah. I just make a conscious effort to try and have a protein, carb, and fat at every meal. And with snacks, I just kind of eat what I want. Like, I'm not really focused on the nutrition value of it. Absolutely. No, that's awesome. So it sounds like your best advice is to, you know, like, obviously incorporate protein and like, don't be afraid to like, you know, use protein powders and stuff. And also yeah. like maybe choose sometimes a higher protein option if you know that maybe you're not getting enough. And also, just use your oils, use your, I mean, yeah. eat those nuts and seeds and stuff to make sure that you are feeling enough. Cause, um, yeah, I feel like, you know, raw vegans, I feel like it's so, so hard. You can, I, I, I know people do it, but I feel like it's hard to be a runner and I'm, you, I'm scared of them. Yeah. First of all, like they must be superhuman. Yeah. But like also like severely mentally ill. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I, that's not my path personally. Yeah. Happy for them. <laughs> not me. Um, but yeah, I'd say like, just don't be scared of processed, processed, you know, processed foods. Mm -hmm. Like people will be like, Oh, it has like protein powders. They have like added sugar. It's like, whatever. What? Like you're going to eat sugar one way or another. You may as well get it in your protein powder. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you need sugar. Yeah. And like liquid people are like liquid IV has so much sugar. And like, after I go and I run and I sweat, like I need some sugar exactly like, that is a good thing I don't want it to have like stevia or something no you don't want your stomach to hurt after running like that's like oh my gosh I know yeah. people are so afraid of sugar in this culture and it's sad and like people are like oh I want to go vegan and I just want to eat pro I'm like well they're like oh I don't want to eat too many carbs I'm like what what is wrong with carbs you guys like there's nothing wrong with carbs like it's so yeah and like everything that is vegan is like very high in fiber and carbs so like I think that being like a low carb vegan is like near impossible so Absolutely. if you're trying to go vegan and like incorporate some like diet mm -hmm. like maybe you don't yep yeah for sure how do you feel like going vegan has helped like impacted your health at all um I don't know if it's really impacted my health all too much it's like it's hard to tell what's a result of being vegan what's yeah. a result of like running yeah. what's a result of like being on birth control yeah. what's a result of eating more protein yeah. but like I was in Greece over the summer for a couple of weeks which was awesome but I walked by this restaurant and we were like looking at the menu mm -hmm. and I told the guy I was like do you guys have anything that's vegan because for some reason everyone there like knows what it is and he was like oh you're vegan I was like yeah and he said well how do you feel I was like, that's such a fun question to ask. Like nobody ever asked me that. They're just like, how do you get your protein? Um, and I was like, I feel the best I've ever felt. And like, honestly, I agree. Like I have so much energy now and I'm able to accomplish like these big running goals 
which I definitely wasn't when I was eating meat in high school, which I doubt there's a direct comparison. Mm-hmm. But like right now I feel great. And I don't think that I would be feeling better if I was eating animal products. That is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, I mean, even if it isn't like the only cause of your performance and your health that's increased, like it's still a correlation, like it's still a contributing factor. And I do think that if you do feel right as a plant-based athlete, it can have great performance benefits. Like, yeah, that's, that's really awesome. So what advice would you give to those who maybe want to become vegan, but they have no idea where to start. And it just seems like overwhelming. Um, so first I want to say what worked for me might not work for other people. And especially I made the transition when I was not an athlete. So if you're an athlete, maybe don't follow the same exact things that I did. Um, so I, I know that first of all, there's an Instagram account, support the vegan or not. Well, Instagram yeah, and TikTok, and they talk a lot about making the transition to veganism. So I think that if you want to go vegan, you should definitely look at their account. Um, but personally, I took the route of, I went cold turkey overnight, mm-hmm. which is rare and usually does not work for most people, but for some reason it worked for me. Well, and I, I also- say, um, Cold tofu, sorry. Ooh, that's a good <laughs> one. Sorry about that. That was silly. <laughs> yes, it may not work for everybody, but okay. Yeah, no. But I didn't eat like any of the vegan cheese, vegan chicken, cream cheese, any of that stuff for like a couple months after I went vegan. Mm-hmm. And I waited to reintroduce them until I literally forgot what the originals tasted like. Um, so then I was like gonna be more likely to enjoy them. Yeah. And like now I can eat like day of cheese and I'm like, mm, this is delicious. And a lot of people think it's like bad but I literally have no idea what like cheddar cheese tastes like anymore so everything is good to me that's awesome (laughs) and like I was already a big fan of like tofu Mm -hmm. almond milk beyond burgers Mm -hmm. stuff like that so like I would eat those but just nothing new pretty much Mm -hmm. um I watched a lot of like vegan youtube um not like freely the banana girl but like I was watching like Ashley Wicca sweet simple vegan Pippin Jardine was vegan at the time. So I like watched her. I don't think she's vegan anymore though, but her account was good. Um, now like a more recent um, vegan YouTuber who I think would be really good to watch if you're just going vegan is Emily Ewing. Um, she just does like grocery hauls and like what I eat in a week. And they're like, they're very like creative and she's like super like anti-diet and everything. So that was really good. Yeah. Um, Pinterest was like my best friend mm-hmm. for recipes, especially when I wanted to veganize my like favorite foods like fettuccine alfredo and like desserts and anytime I had a question about anything like Pinterest was my go-to um but also like you don't have to be a cook like there's so much pre-prepared food out there and fast food options and restaurant options that like if you're not if you as a meat eater or a vegetarian or whatever we're not cooking like steaks and like making stuff from scratch every night don't think you need to do that just because you're vegan like you can easily buy like pre you can even get like tv dinners but you can get pre-made proteins and like salad kits and pasta dishes like trader joe's has a bunch of like frozen vegan bolognese and like frozen curries and like it's just so easy you can like still get frozen burritos at the grocery store like veganism is not entirely just like grain bowls and oatmeal and 
acai bowls like I don't know I feel like there's this like preconceived notion that veganism is like healthy Mm -hmm. and that it's like the same as just a whole foods plant-based diet Mm -hmm. and it is plant-based but it's not inherently whole foods Mm -hmm. and like if you make a mistake especially in the beginning it's fine give yourself grace we all do it I made a mistake like last month and I've been vegan for years you just never know sometimes there's milk powder or gelatin or honey which isn't even like an allergen so it's not even on the labels like it hidden and stuff it doesn't make you a bad person if you eat it accidentally just like forgive yourself exactly Exactly. like it's not gonna do anyone any good for you to be like guilty about it especially if you didn't mean it we all make mistakes no matter how long you've been vegan it's fine absolutely no that's such good advice like being vegan isn't just eating all whole food like Oreos are vegan like <laughs> literally and I've been eating like 10 a night for yes. a week. and like we all do it and yeah yes. like I would consider myself to be like a pretty healthy balanced eater mm-hmm. and like Oreos and ice cream are big staples oh my in God. my life same I love it and I yeah so good I can't have dairy so like vegan ice cream and I love vegan ice cream I was a huge ice cream girl before I like became like very like lactose like absolutely intolerant um I can do like cultured stuff if it breaks down the lactose but I can only have very specific like things that have dairy in it but vegan ice cream is so good yeah and I mean dairy makes so many people sick like I feel like and now that vegan ice cream has like evolved so much and like Ben and Jerry's does it and every generic brand also has it if you don't want to spend a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, like if, if dairy is like making you ill, why would you put yourself through that? Just like eat the vegan ice cream. It's just as good. Exactly. What's your favorite vegan ice cream brand? Um, okay. This is kind of specific. I would say overall brand. Mm-hmm. Either Ben and Jerry's or Natamu. I love Natamu. They're classic. So good. <laughs> but like specific, yes. the Target brand chocolate peanut butter ice cream. I know exactly. It's so good. I literally, oh my God. It's like, I don't know how these people did it. It is so good. And there's like whole peanut butter cups in it. It's so good. I like... I know exactly what one you're talking about and we have the exact same ice cream flavor palette because I was thinking like my favorite brands are Ben and Jerry's and Natamu but my top one is the Target peanut butter chocolate one. It's so good. Also I did just try like I think this is brand new but at like Whole Foods and Lidl near me they sell the Van Leeuwen pumpkin cinnamon roll ice cream and there's like a whole cinnamon roll inside of that pint. Oh. It is so good. Okay. Like literally I highly recommend it's definitely seasonal so it's probably not around for much longer but it's so good I am going to have to get that like ASAP because that sounds amazing no it's like probably like one of the best things I've ever eaten oh my gosh that's amazing the Natamu they just like have okay I right now have a pint of the pumpkin pie Natamu ice cream and it's Mm -hmm. so good but like I need to try that oh my gosh yum I haven't even tried the Natamu pumpkin one because I was getting the Target brand one because it's cheap Mm -hmm. and they finally came out with pumpkin one and then I've gone on the Van Leeuwen hype and like I just feel like I can't go back no it's but like in the past there have been no vegan ice creams that are pumpkin on the market until like this year and that was like my favorite flavor of ice cream before I was vegan so I was so pumped to see that like there's not just one flavor of pumpkin but like every brand is coming out with pumpkin right now 
like it makes me so happy to see like all these new vegan things popping up and like almost everything now I can like think of a vegan alternative for yeah it's awesome like I honestly I was like talking about my like this with my dad is like I think COVID really, really impacted that. Like after COVID, so many things became vegan because people were like, I'm like, some people went vegan over COVID just because they were bored and they were like, I want to make a random like midlife decision. And now because veganism is becoming more popular and because people had more time to think about like the needs of everybody and like the dietary needs, um, I feel like there have been so many more brands that have come out with vegan options. So I think COVID has really, really done it. (laughs) Yeah, I never even thought about that, but like you're definitely right. I do know a lot of people doing it vegan over COVID. So. Yeah. And so all those brands were like, oh, I gotta like, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, the whole like the runner vegan stuff, the hype just like went up after COVID. And I feel like brands were like, yeah, I know how to capitalize on this. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know there was a big like health and wellness surge during COVID. So that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. What would advice would you give to those who want to become vegan but have a history of an eating disorder? Because that can be sometimes hard to parse out. Yeah, I'm just gonna like again plug the um account I was talking about before, Zipporah the Vegan on Instagram and TikTok, because uh-huh. they talk a lot about they had binge eating disorder and they recovered from it while making the transition to being vegan. Yeah. And they have a ton of like TikToks about it and posts on their Patreon. Mm-hmm. So totally worth checking out. And the Patreon's like a dollar a month and it is so worth it. Like I'm a member, I'm a huge fan. Um, anyways, but I feel like the same risks come out of recovering from an eating disorder, no matter if you're vegan or not. Like you still have the option of choosing higher or lower calorie options. Yes. And there's like a plenty of prepackaged sugary dessert items that are available for vegans. So you just have to make the choice to eat those. I think the big thing is to not fall under the like notion that veganism is strictly whole foods, plant-based diet. Like it's not just Buddha bowls. It's an ethical stance. So you have to make sure that you are in it for the right reasons. And like, if you're willing to make exceptions to veganism for certain low calorie animal products, or if you're like still buying leather and wool and exploiting animals in ways that like aren't a part of your diet, like if you're using non-vegan skincare or whatever, mm-hmm. but you're only using veganism just as an excuse to like not ever go out to eat, you should reconsider your reasons. Like Zipporah, the vegan often talks about rooting yourself in your why. And I think that is so important. Yeah. Um, like for it to work, it has to be rooted in morals. Um, maybe don't go vegan overnight. I think like making more swaps and like t- not taking as much out mm-hmm. probably a better idea and as I just said like there's so much vegan stuff nowadays mm-hmm. like if you want to be vegan DM me on Instagram I will send you my very long google doc of every best vegan alternative I um, collect these things <laughs> I want that please I'll, I'll share it with you I'll it share it with you girl so don't good. worry about it so good. I, like every like the best brand for everything I have like, I've tried so many things because it's been long. My mom, when I first went vegan, would come home from the grocery store with like five cream cheeses. And she's like, I wasn't sure which one you wanted. So I've tried everything. That is everything. Awesome. <laughs> um, and like, it's easy to find swaps that you like and find recipes that you like. And yeah. just like, make sure you're eating food that you enjoy. Don't eat, be eating like quinoa and bland stuff just because you're like, oh, it's vegan. Yeah. Yeah. And I know a big part of veganism is like, oh, you have to cook your own meals because like your parents might not be willing to accommodate it's okay to just get like frozen dinners mm-hmm. if that is more important and like easier mm-hmm. it's easier better to do that than to stress about cooking yes but like I will say I think it could probably be really healing to like go get away from the foods that you 
lived off of when you were like deep in your eating disorder. Like you're not able to eat the like non-fat yogurt anymore. And you're not able to eat like whey protein and fiber one bars and like plain grilled chicken. Mm -hmm. Like now you have so many more options and like, but you're forced to choose new foods. And now you don't even know the calories of these foods maybe because you've never had them before. Mm -hmm. Like, and then you won't associate them with the time that you were in your eating disorder. So I feel like it can just be an easier way to incorporate more. Like when I wasn't vegan, I was eating the same things all the time. And now that I am vegan, I've just tried so much new stuff and decided to like so much new stuff. And I think that could be really healing. Yes, absolutely. I love the way that you reframed that just because like being vegan, it can be a challenge if you like for your eating disorder, because, you know, vegan foods, they're not as high in protein. They're higher in carb. Usually they're um, Mm -hmm. higher in fat as well, because you get your protein sources from naturally have higher fat and stuff. And so I feel like it can be a really good challenge for somebody. I knew that um, when I was in recovery early in recovery, I was like, I usually like, I always like, I don't know. I don't, I'm not vegan. I eat meats for like health. Like I just need to, for health reasons, like I talked yeah. to doctor about it. Um, but I try and I'm trying to be as plant-based as possible. And so, um, I didn't like that though at first. And cause I was very much like, Oh no, I just want to eat like the high protein stuff. But I'm like, no, like vegan foods, like they can actually be a challenge for your eating disorder and it can be freeing. And just because like you have a history of an eating disorder doesn't mean you can't be vegan. Like, I love how you put like, do it for the right reasons. And like, I, yeah, cause I think that's- Yeah, because it's really easy to eat enough if you are going into it with an open mind. So. Absolutely. If, Absolutely. If you're finding veganism to be a struggle, I wouldn't say it's a problem with veganism. I would say that it's like definitely- means that like the recovery mindset isn't strong enough snaps right there that's beautiful exactly because in reality like if you are struggling with an eating disorder and you are not vegan and you choose for to eat just like vegetables for your lunch with like a bunch of like you just like chicken breast right but Mm -hmm. if you're vegan you say oh, because I'm vegan, I can't have the chicken breast anymore. So I'm just going to have the vegetable. That's the wrong mindset to have. It's like, yeah. what can I replace the chicken breast with? What can I add to this? So I think mm-hmm. that's a really good way to put it for sure. And um, I really like the purple carrot vegan meals. So good. Well, I've never tried those, but I see them a lot. My gosh, Stella, you need to try the, like, it's like the vegan, like marinara meatball, like beyond meat. I don't even know. It's fake. Okay. That sounds good. Yes. But it's so uh, anything good. with marinara sauce in it uh, yeah. in. I just I love to eat pasta dish I don't know me too I eat pasta every day and it's amazing yeah literally like I can't remember the last day that has not ended in ravioli actually like it might be a problem no absolutely not what uh is your favorite ravioli brand that's vegan mm, Trader Joe's vegan ravioli she's so delicious and it's like four dollars which is so much cheaper than Kite Hill and it's like two servings so so good so good for one dinner. highly recommend yeah Amazing. probably like the best thing yeah so good I know exactly what you're talking about it's it's delish yeah yeah these are all super great recommendations thanks um 
So what inspired your Instagram account? It's funny because I am so glad I had you introduce yourself because I was about to call you Vigue Stella. No, but that's funny because that's what my friends call me. Really? Because they were like, well, you're vegan, not vegetarian. So now it's like an inside joke. <laughs> like with my friends here, they're like, oh, Vigue yeah. Stella, LOL. And like a little while, my private story on Snapchat was called Vigue Stella, like V-E-E-G. Oh my God. Um, so that's so funny. I had no idea that other people perceived yeah. me like that. I mean, then, like I initially started it as veg Stella but like huh. at this point like I refer to it more as Vig Stella than yeah. veg Stella so <laughs> so funny oh my god you know, it's open to interpretation right uh well what inspired veg Stella or Vig Stella if you like to call it well um as someone who has always been like oh, making like avocado toast and stuff I was like posting stuff on my snapchat story uh-huh. and like on my main instagram story and I was like maybe people don't want to see this actually <laughs> um and then I also I always packed lunch in high school once I was vegan because obviously there was nothing that I could eat there and I wasn't gonna go like spend eight dollars at like tropical smoothie cafe mm-hmm. um and people were like oh what are you eating because mm-hmm. like nobody knew what vegans eat and people just asked me what I ate a lot and like how I got my protein and how I got my this and that mm-hmm. um so I made a little Instagram so and it was fun like I I just took little pictures of my oatmeal and like whenever like I think the first recipe that I like created was my Alfredo one which I still make a lot it's very tasty it's gonna require a lot of scrolling to find if you if you're dedicated <laughs> it's way down there um but like it gave me kind of a reason to eat different things every single day Mm -hmm. because then I was posting them I was like nobody wants to see the same lunch every day let me have something different and it also gave me a lot of other people to follow who were vegan and I was freshly vegan Mm -hmm. so like I could see what they were eating and like sorry I was like kind of in the honeymoon phase of veganism where I was like cooking for myself all the time and eating like sweet potato brownies and like cauliflower alfredo and like the stereotypical vegan recipes um and it was nice to see what people that had been doing this for like five years were eating and I was like this is like the realistic stuff that you can prep in like five minutes and then take to work yeah um and like most of my recipe inspiration has like come from Instagram Mm -hmm. so it's been really beneficial and then also like I shared my whole running journey on the account because I started running in 2021 but I started the account in 2019 Mm -hmm. so like I posted on Instagram on my like close friends story I was like guys I think I'm gonna run a half marathon like don't worry about me just like I'm gonna run a half marathon (laughs) and then it like held me to it like because I had put this out there to like people on Instagram I was like well now I have to follow through right (laughs) So then I started running and like, I think it's been really cool to look and see how much progress I've made. Cause I would post my like splits or whatever. And I just remember seeing like the um, stuff from like the first time I ran a mile under 10 minutes and like, awesome. I, you know, Strava gives you like the one year ago today post sometime. And like, it gave me an alert from two years ago today, which is before I started like running. I was like, I didn't even know I had a Strava account. Right. But, like, okay. And apparently two years ago today, I ran two miles at like a 13 minute pace so oh my gosh pretty, pretty epic pretty epic <laughs> look at you go girl. and then today I like I, you know I went I went for a run with my friend and it was a conversational pace yeah. and it was like five miles like a nine minute pace like nothing crazy but like I was like wow I've really grown yes really grown. you have really grown and I 
literally that is amazing. Like from a 13 minute mile for two miles, two years ago to a nine minute mile. That's huge. Like, that's yeah, amazing. I know. And like the 13, like my average heart rate on the run two years ago, like don't even get me started. It was like in the one eighties. That's so funny. And like today I was yeah. running and my average heart rate was like 150 or something. That's like I wasn't really going all out, obviously. So like, I don't know. It like, it went from being an actual, like I was dry heaving on the sidewalk to like, I can have a full conversation. That is so beautiful. The body's amazing at what it does. It's just like, I know it's incredible. That's and so like, cool. I love that about running that like you can see yeah. progress so clearly. Amazing. Like it's so like rewarding. Yes. And like, that was another reason I started running was because like, I wanted to see it's like cons- some consistent progress in my life. Yeah. And I wanted to like give myself value that wasn't like my GPA. Yes. So. 100%. 100%. I love everything you, oh, something just fell upstairs. Um, <laughs> the walls of my apartment are very thin, so I like hear everything. Yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, it's like, that is so beautiful and so real. And running is so good for the mental health. And I resonate with that so much. Like running provides you such a great, just like other part of your life and identity that isn't tied to your career or your school or your grades. And it can be so easy to get caught up in like, achievement in school and I think running is just such a good outlet for that and it really does create like that like you know break between like okay I'm not always working all the time I can go like I'm also a runner too so yeah that's super cool what are your future goals with running and your career too okay you mentioned your career but like I guess like as far as running goes like what are your future goals you mentioned maybe another half marathon like in your lifetime, what do you yeah. hope to do in the next like year and five years, 10 years? Well, I actually registered this morning for another half marathon. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Um, when so is it? it's the first weekend of December oh. and I'm literally, I'm coming out of an injury right now. So I have five minutes to, or five minutes, oh my God, five weeks to completely like build and taper. You've got so it. Very, very ballsy of me, but my physical therapist thinks I can do it. And if he believes in me, I believe in me. Exactly. You have the base. Worst comes to worst. You just like jog it very slow. And exactly. I I know I can run the half marathon at a nine minute pace. And you know what? I can do that. I could. That's what happens. It's fine. And it's in my hometown, which is like super, super flat because I live at the beach. So like, that'll be fine. But yeah, I also want to run a marathon before I graduate college. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know when, but you know. I yep. think that's just a fun goal of mine. I mean, if it, if I don't have the time before I graduate, then like soon after, but I think that right now I have probably have more time than I will when I'm working like 40 hours a week. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. That's um, so- and like, I just want to be able to run forever. Yep. To be honest. Like I know that people like run into like their seventies and I just want that to be me because yep. it's so fun and I can't imagine my life without it at this point. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. That is so, so- yeah. That's awesome. I love that. I love that your goal is to, you know, run for a lifetime because that is really like, there's so many people that just have the goal of like, oh, I want to be cute. I want to like win all these races and stuff. It's like, well, I get that. Like there's a competitive side of runners, but also like, that's not really like what this sport is about. Like if you want to run for the long, like, yes, you could be cute and like be an incredible runner, but odds are those people tend to get injured sooner and they have to quit sooner. So it's like, do you want to be in it for the long, long run? No pun intended. Yeah, or like, that was good. Yeah, 
that's like my thing I'm just like I want to be like yeah I want to run until I'm old I want to be that 90 year old that's like winning her age division because she's like running a 15 minute mile <laughs> yeah I mean don't get me wrong I would love a BQ and yes, I look, like, like when I'm training for a marathon like duh I'm gonna work towards it of course like, yes. why wouldn't I exactly like yes. Boston Marathon that's, that's a bucket list item same yes. but like I would rather have fun and not burn out yes. than run Boston sorry absolutely yep 100%. I totally agree. It's like, I would much rather, yes, I'd much rather run for the rest of my life than to qualify for Boston, even though of course Boston qualifying would be amazing, but <laughs> yeah, I would love to run one of like the major, like six marathons. Yeah, I think that'd be like incredible, but incredible, you know, we'll see. I'm fine with running a little local marathon too. Exactly. Exactly. That's so beautiful. I know I just entered the, okay. So I just entered the lottery for the Chicago marathon and, um, I've never run a marathon before. Honestly, I'm terrified of the distance, but I really want to run one. Um, so I'm having like a mini marathon crisis right now because I'm like, I really want to run around the spring, but I don't want to train in the winter. And uh, just like, you know, so we'll see if I get to Chicago, but I don't know. We will. And maybe that'll make your decision for you. Exactly. So what's nice is that the marathon in the spring, now I'm like, just like putting out, Hey, podcast this is my dilemma right now, my marathon, but I'm you can always run on the treadmill. Like I know it sucks, but like you can. Exactly. And I do it like right now, like a few times a week because it's so dark and I don't want to get kidnapped. Um, so true yeah so relatable exactly but like Chicago I found out if I get in like just out of the lottery on December 8th but then the registration for the spring marathon doesn't open till January so I'm like good it'll make my decision love it yes so it's great but that would be awesome to do like one of the majors yeah that's super cool so where can people connect with you miss runner vegan amazing superstar <laughs> well you can find me at vegstella or vegstella however you would like <laughs> um on instagram and tiktok and you can also find me on strava stella bloom definitely follow me on strava um it's it'll make you feel good about yourself probably um like it's just good to see other people running like average paces yes yes. like when i scroll through my strava feed and it's all like d1 runners it's easy runs are like 720 pace i'm like i need to see some people that are running in the eights and the nines same so if you need to like bulk up your strava with content like that Yep. Come find me. 100%. I will give you the relatable content that you seek. Yes. That is beautiful. I love it because that is where we are average runners who started when we were in college and yeah. you need that in your feed. I know it's definitely hard because I follow a lot of deep run runners and I'm like, oh, nice. I know. I'm like, I'm just a hobby jogger. I'm not in it for, I'm not trying to win the 5k. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah, I don't even know if I could run a 5K in like under 20 something minutes, but Gosh, I, I don't really care, to be honest. <laughs> exactly, 100%. Oh man, I wish we lived closer. We could run together. It's like, I know. Oh, yeah, that'd be fun. If yeah. I ever find myself in Michigan, I'll call you. Same if I'm in North Carolina. Amazing. <laughs> um, awesome. Yes, I do follow your Strava and her Strava is amazing. I love it. Go give her kudos on like every run yeah. she does because she's so amazing. true. I overshare too in the captions so you can learn about my life. Exactly. Strava is like a blog, honestly. It's like a diary. No, literally. Like I feel like I'm, I'm at my most vulnerable on Strava. Yes. It's probably because I'm just off the run. So I have my like endorphins. I'm like, here's everything I was thinking about. And every song that I listen to. Uh-huh. And like. What is that? Yeah. 
I love it. I know. I know that you and I both eat Z bars before we go for runs. Oh my god. <laughs> the Z bars like, are my lifeline. So that Costco box. Oh my gosh. I'm loyal. I'm loyal. Amazing. I agree. I know. I'll like one time I like posted. I'm like, oh, I burped up my Z bar on mile four, or whatever. It was good. <laughs> People I like. Thanks for sharing. Love the Z bar. Me too. Even even in the burps. <laughs> yeah <laughs> welcome to the unapologetically fueled podcast where we talk about burping yeah no like when you get a little taste of the z-bar three miles in you're like oh yeah I did eat that exactly we did <laughs> um okay so for your fun closing question I have favorite breakfast food and your morning routine Ooh, I'm like really passionate about my morning routine I like it. I'm a big morning person. So like, it's my best time of day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wake up, I like make my bread and brush my teeth and like do all that stuff. I wake up at six. At least I try to. Mm-hmm. Now that the sun isn't rising until freaking 730, sometimes it's a little later, but six is my optimal time. Um, then I eat my little Z-bar mm-hmm. and I recently I've been having like black tea before I run because I like caffeine, but coffee makes me have to poop. So yep. I'm not trying to do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Z-bar and black tea pre-run. Mm-hmm. Then I go, I'll run or I'll go to the gym. If I run, then I go to the gym after because I have to like lift weights or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like it, but yep. it'll keep me from getting injured again. Exactly. So I'll go and do, I'll do my little squats, you know, then yeah. I come home, I shower, I eat breakfast, which mm-hmm. is almost yeah, actually in like the winter slash fall, it's always protein oatmeal because I just want something warm. Yeah. Like over the summer, big smoothie girl, big toast girl. Mm-hmm. But in the winter, like it's protein oatmeal. Um, right now, my favorite has been like frozen raspberries and peanut butter and chocolate chips on top. Yeah. And that's been really good. So good. So yeah. And then I drink coffee after breakfast because if I drink coffee on like an empty stomach or like when I'm hungry, then I start like shaking and sweating and like getting anxious so I like I eat my breakfast first and then I have my soy milk latte an excellent coffee and while I'm drinking my coffee I try and work on my screenplay because I have to have two pages written every single day for it for my class so I like do my little pages while I drink my coffee and then it's like I associate it with a good part of my morning Uh my coffee so like I don't dread it and then after that I just go to class you know I go on with my day but that's my morning routine right now He's always changing, but. Oh, I love it. I love how structured that is. It's like, that is so beautiful. (laughs) I thrive on structure. Oh yes, girl, same. It's amazing. I also wake up at six and like have a very similar morning routine to you. So it's like, yes. Even down to the Z bar, honestly. No, we're like on the same wavelength all the way, different states. (laughs) You're just like me. Yes, 100%. I found a soulmate. (laughs) Same initials. Wait. Oh my god, that's so wrong. Oh, so funny. <laughs> that's hilarious. Wow. Okay. Wow. Let's think about. Right? So much. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Stella, for coming on today. And I will link her Instagram and TikTok and everything down below. Um, so you guys can go follow her and connect with her and see all the good vegan yummy eats that she has. Um, and as always, if you could give this podcast a rating and like, that would be awesome. So thank you, Stella. Thank you for having me.